Luke chapter 12, verse number 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Ye yourselves like in the men that wait for their Lord, Jesus is telling a story. When he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Look at these words. I want you to notice how many times it happens. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. And verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, look again, blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would watched, not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. Look again. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Look again. And if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and to drink and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and then an hour and he is not aware, and will cut him and sunder, and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. Here's the thought. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. I've heard this my whole Christian life, where much is given, much is required. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. For each one that is gathered in this place, I pray, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way. You would take the Word of God and you would speak to your children. And God, help me as I stand here not to hinder or quench what you are wanting to do in this service. Speak to us. Speak through us. And do only, Father, what you can in this place. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. As I begin to study this, I want to draw your attention back to first verse number 48. We want to point out a couple of words that are in this verse, and then we'll read what Jesus is telling that gets us to this verse. As I begin to study this, I thought here in verse number 48, it speaks of what has been given. Notice that word in verse, verse number 48, much is given. 
Also noticed in this verse, number 48, it says, what has been committed? It's down towards the end of that verse. So I'm interested in what has been given, and I'm interested in what has been committed. Also, there's two more words in here that I want us to draw attention to. And it says, what as much has been given, to him shall much be, that next word is required. I noticed also it says, and men have been committed much, and then it says, and of him they will ask the more. So what is this been given and required? And what is this that has been committed that is to be asked? When I begin to study those words, it says this, what has been given is those things that has been set before you. What is required, it means something that is due. What has been committed means the keeping of, the keeping of. But what has been asked is to ask or to call for what you are keeping. And may I say to you and I this morning, this message is just not for you, this message is also for me. Where much is given, much is required. Where little is given, little is required. As I begin to study this text, the Lord allowed me to read several examples on this verse. Listen to some of them. I wrote them down. When the soil and when the dirt outside is better, when the soil is rich, the crops should be better. If there is a person who has driven the church today, you should have got here quicker than someone who walked to church today. If there is a soldier in the armed forces who has been trained, special training, special forces, trained in his weapons, then that soldier is going to be required to do an amazing duty. I begin to think about this. If there is a tree in your yard, it's an apple tree, and you have went outside and you have weeded around it, you have watered that tree, you have pruned the limbs on that tree, you have fertilized that tree. If all of that work has been put into that one tree, should not you and I expect that that tree should bring forth fruit? Can I hear an amen on that? And as I begin to study about these verses, and the Lord begin to deal with me about this thought, I want to share this with you, and then we'll get into the text. I begin to think about my life personally and all the blessings that the Lord has blessed me with. He's blessed me with a good wife. He's blessed me with children. He's blessed me with grandchildren. He's blessed me, Lord, uh, uh, to be able uh, to be in health as far as I know. He's blessed me today to be able to see. He's blessed me that I can hear. He's blessed me that I could walk into this service. And he's also blessed our brother who got rolled into this service. Amen? I would say to you and I that every single one of us in this service today, we have been blessed. If you've been blessed by the good Lord above, say amen. Not only has he blessed me as an individual, and not only has he blessed our families, I'd remind you that he's blessed our church. Amen? He's blessed this church with much resources. He's blessed this church with much people. He's blessed this church with all kinds of situations in life. He's blessed this church to be able to, to give almost $200,000 a year away to missions locally and foreign. He's blessed this church to see young men stand behind this pulpit 
and announced their calling to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's blessed his church for us to be able to see families that were struggling to be put back together. He's blessed his church to see drug addicts who were strung out on dope to be able to come to an altar, give their heart and life to Jesus Christ, and not only he saved their soul, but cleaned their lives up. He's blessed his church with women who has dealt with so many different things, who has fought depression, who has been through battles in their life, but God miraculously has come down and touched some women in this church and delivered them and healed them and snatched them up. He's blessed some men in this church to be godly men, to be godly husbands, to be godly fathers, to be leaders in a church and leaders in their community. He's blessed this church with a group of young people who loves Jesus and wants to do things for the Lord. At one time, this church was flourishing with all kinds of teenagers. And then we went through a season to where in that Sunday school class downstairs, there's only about three teenagers in there. But I want to report to you just the other day in a Bible study over across the way over here, our youth pastor reported to us that there was 40 teenagers in that service over there. He's blessed us with a good youth pastor and a youth pastor's wife. He's blessed us with a children's pastor who is home this morning celebrating the birth of their second baby. Amen. He's blessed them. He's blessed this church to realize that sitting down on vacation on a, on a sunny day, the Holy Spirit come by and said, Pastor, you need to get a youth pastor. There's going to be some young men in this church that's going to announce their calling to preach. You cannot wait until the children in this church reach the youth group before you invest in them. Start investing in their lives early. And the next thing I know, God begins to send mamas and daddies and young kids into the Pleasant Hill Missionary Baptist Church. And God has started a children's program. God is doing a work in the church. God is doing a work in Awanas. God is doing a work in the Sunday school rooms. God is doing a work in our senior citizens. God is doing a work in our widows. God is doing a work in the teenagers. And God is doing a work in the children. And God is doing a work in mamas and daddies and couples and young people and old people and everybody in between. I'm telling you, where much is given, much is required. God has truly blessed this place. We're blessed. They ain't no need to act like we ain't blessed. I'm telling you, God's been good to us. Amen. Hey, if you saved this morning, say amen. If your name's written in heaven, say amen. God has blessed this place, and God has blessed you. I'm done. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You ready? Here we go. You ready? God is good. God is good. I was at the house this week, and the Lord began to deal with me. So said, don't take for granted the blessings of God. Don't, don't take for granted all that I'm doing. And I want to preach this morning on that thought. It's probably the hardest I'm going to preach the whole message. <laughs> Oh, I want to preach this morning on that thought where much is given, much is required. As I begin to study here in the book of Luke, chapter number 12, I want to notice something that Jesus kept saying it. Jesus is the one that kept saying it. Notice in verse number 37 and 38 what Jesus says. Luke 12, verse 37. Blessed, blessed, blessed are those servants. Whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. 
Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make him to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or in the third watch and find them so, blessed. Blessed are those servants. I want to preach to you servants of the Lord here today and remind you that the blessings and where much is given, much is required. The blessings come from that servant of God who is watching. That's what the Bible says, who is watching. What that watching simply means is that person who is a believer in Jesus Christ that is ready for the Lord's return, that is anxiously expecting that today could be the day that Jesus Christ comes back and takes his church home. Jesus paints the picture of a Lord or a leader who is called to a marriage and his servants is there to take care of the house while he's gone. And while I'm gone, you look after it and then you wait. You look after everything that, that I'm leaving you, but, but, but just, just remember, I'll be back. I'll be back real soon, so take care of business and you watch until I get back. May I say to you this morning in verse number 35, where much is given, much is required. And in verse number 35, I see a personal preparation, a personal preparation. Look at it with me. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. That is a personal preparation. That, that loins being girded about simply means this, a person who is fully dressed. But it also means that when you, in Bible days, as those men would wear the long robe that no doubt would probably touch their ankles and go to the ground. But what Jesus is saying here, there has to be a belt that goes around and you, and you pull all of that together and you take that belt and you gird it around your waist. So that if there is something that is going on, Let's say that there is a lion that comes in and begins to take one of the lambs. Let's say there is a bear that comes in and is fixing to take one of the sheep. Let's say that there is a stranger that shows up and grabs one of your babies and begins to run with it. See, what Jesus is saying is that blessed servant should always be watching, but that blessed servant should always be prepared. Be prepared to run. Be prepared to pray. Be prepared to preach. Be prepared to do whatever it is in your life that you need to do. And may I say to you here this morning that if you and I are going to be what Jesus would have us to be as his servants, that you and I are constantly going to have to be watching. But please don't miss this. You and I are constantly going to have to be prepared because there's not a one of us that knows what a day may bring forth. You got to be prepared. This prepared of the, of the, of the belt being girded is, a, is an outward preparation, but the lights that are burning represents an inward preparation. 
May I say to you that that call might come in the midnight hour, and that call might come in the third watch, and that call might come in the fourth watch. And when that call comes and he says, The bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. You and I, as servants of the Lord, must be prepared that at any minute, at any second, in any day, when that call comes, we will not only be watching, but we will be prepared to meet the Lord in the air. There's a preparation that has to be made, and it's personal. I remember as I was preaching earlier this morning, the Lord brought this back to my mind. I remember my pastor telling me one time, and I'm going to tell you what my pastor told me. He said, Brother Keith, don't ever be caught unprepared. He said, one day you're going to get a phone call. And that phone call is not going to be a good phone call. And he said, when that call comes forth, he said, the last thing you want to do is spend 30 minutes trying to get right with God. The last thing you want to do is start calling people, making sure that you hadn't offended them. He said, let me tell you something, son. He said, when that call comes forth, make sure that your heart is right with God. Make sure that your eyes are on Jesus. Make sure that the light in your soul is, is burning bright, because he said, they will be a call that comes forth and when it does you need to pick up everything you got and run and run and run he said you better be prepared son and I'm begging you this morning I'm begging you this morning get your hearts prepared get your lives prepared get your mind prepared get your family prepared Get, get everything you need to in your heart this morning that don't need to be there. I beg you to get up out of a pew and come to an altar and lay it down here at the feet of Jesus and say, I don't need to carry that junk in my life no more. I'm going to get rid of that, and I'm going to get rid of that, and I'm going to get rid of that, and I'm going to take that belt, and I'm going to be girded up because if the call comes today, I'm going to be able to meet Jesus, and I'm not going to have to worry about all this junk in my life. I was standing in this pulpit on a Wednesday night, getting ready to preach. And as I opened the Word of God, I was fixing to read the Scriptures. There's a young man sitting about right there where you're at, Houston. And in that Wednesday night service, he got up. Right when I was getting ready to read, I thought he was going to leave. And he got up, instead of going that way, he come this way. And as I was standing here, church, and I was reading, my, I seen him coming, and he come right up here, and he got right here beside me, and this is what he said to me in my ear. He said, Preacher Keith, you need to leave. I said, what do you mean? He said, you need to leave. He said, something's happened to you, boy. He's sitting right here on the second pew, holding, his, holding my grandbaby. said, something's happened to you, boy, and, he's, and he's, leaving, he's leaving the school, and he's in an ambulance. And he's headed to Mission Hospital. And he said, it's bad, preacher. He said, all I know is, is it's bad. And your son's hurt. And you need to leave right now. And you need to head to the hospital and make sure everything's all right with your boy. I'm going to tell you something, church. I can't remember the last time that every bit of breath was knocked out of me like it was that Wednesday night in that service. And I thank the good Lord above. I'm nothing and I'm nobody. But I'm going to tell you something. When I got in my car, the only thing I could do was say, please, dear Jesus, please, dear Jesus, please, dear Jesus, help my boy. And whatever it is that I'm fixing to walk into, oh, God, I need your help and I need your touch. And my family needs your help. And my boy needs your help and oh Lord would you please just do something for my son I'm so thankful 
Please hear this and hear this gladly. Please receive this word. Please receive this word this morning. I am so thankful that I didn't have to get in that altar and say, God, forgive me for not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. God, forgive me. Forgive me for not being the man I need to be. Forgive me for not being the husband I need to be. Forgive me for not being the daddy I need to be. And stay in this altar and stay in this altar and stay in this altar. I'm telling you this morning, somebody, some man, some woman, some young person, you need to go ahead and make up your mind this morning. I need to be prepared because the Lord could come back today where much is given much is required please receive the Word of God today let the Word of God speak to your heart let the Word of God speak to your heart stop the foolishness that you're doing stop the ungodliness that you're doing and let God do a work in you today that good servant that blessed servant he had personal preparation but I want you to notice something here in this text that really really spoke to me look at verse number 36 and you yourselves liken the men that wait for their Lord he will return from the wedding and when he cometh he knocks he knocketh he knocks they may open unto him immediately notice that word immediately the Lord is coming back and the Lord is telling his blessed servants to be watching the Lord is telling his blessed servants to be prepared loins girt lights burning be ready remember I'm preaching on where much is given much is required and he says, when that Lord comes back from that marriage, he's going to knock. He's, he's back home. He's, he's ready to come back into his house. And he's going to knock. And he said, when that knock comes, he says, open the door immediately. I know this has happened to you before. Have you ever had someone show up at your house and knock? And you say, oh, no. <laughs> we have company the only way that you say oh no we have company is because you are not prepared to immediately open the door but if everything in your house is prepared it don't matter who knocks on that door you'll go to that door immediately and you'll open that door up and you'll say hey come on in but how many times have you seen a car pull in the driveway and a knock come to the door? And the next thing you know is you see this. <laughs> Kids to the living room immediately. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you coming by. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know that's real, amen? Be prepared. Be ready. Be watching. That blessed servant is one who is watching. 
I notice in verse 38, 39, and 40, he speaks of him coming again, speaking of the Lord's return. I notice he skips by the first watch, and he just mentions the second and third watch. And then he goes on in verse number 39, and he speaks of, if you had known when the man who was going to rob your house, if you had known when he was coming, you'd have been prepared. You'd have been watching. You'd have been listening. You would not have been caught unawares. You would have known what was going on. You'd have been ready for that. May I say to you, where much is given, much is required. We need to be prepared. The second thing that the Lord began to deal with me about is that blessed servant is one who is watching. But look at verses 41, 42, and 43. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? His Lord shall make ruler over his household or give them their portion of meat in the season. Look at verse 43. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so not watching but doing. He said the blessed servant watches but the blessed servant always does. And as I begin to study this about this servant doing I prayed and I asked the Lord, Lord, what is this servant doing? And this is the way it comes to me, Brother Larry. He's doing what was right. That blessed servant was doing what was right. I want to ask you this question. Only you know the answer. The Lord's coming back. Do you believe that? Say amen. Amen. Are you watching? But I want to ask you this. Are you doing what's right? Are you doing what's right? As I begin to study this thought of doing what was right, 1 Corinthians 4.2 says to be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says to glorify God. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says this to be steadfast, unmovable, always abound in the work of the Lord. Are we doing what is right? You say, man, I try. Well, keep trying. You say, well, I try, but then I mess up. Well, just keep trying. You say, yeah, but I I, I can't feel like I can't ever get it right. Well, listen to me, child of God. Just keep trying. Don't quit. The Lord is soon coming. Where much is given, much is required. And then it gets to, to me, one of the scariest parts of this whole chapter. As we see the blessed servants watching, we see the blessed servant is doing, but then we see the the unfaithful and the unwise servant and steward. Look at verses 45 through 47, and I'll be closing up. But and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming, and he begins to beat the men servants and the maidens, and then he eats and he drinks and he becomes drunken. I want to point out some words in these next verses. I want you to pay attention to them or underline them. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder. What does that mean? And will cut him in sunder, 
and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did, and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. What in the world is Jesus saying here? There is a servant who has been in the house with the other servants. There is a servant who has heard the same words that the other servants have heard. There is a servant who has heard that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. There is a servant that has heard, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is a servant that has heard, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is a servant that has heard that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, and Jesus Christ did come in the flesh. There is a servant that has heard that Jesus Christ died on an old rugged cross for the sins of the world. That servant heard what all the other servants has heard. That servant has heard his Lord's will. That servant will never be able to say, I didn't know that I needed Jesus Christ to go to heaven. He'll never be able to say that because he has heard it, and he has heard it, and he has heard it. That unwise servant, Jesus said that when he comes home from this wedding and he begins to knock on that door, that unwise servant who has lived his own life, who has done his own thing, who did not line up with the will of God, but lined up according to his own will, according to what Jesus says of this servant. This servant has abused many. This servant has mistreated many. This servant has mistreated men, and this servant has mistreated women. This servant, this servant has caught his life up in eating and drinking and in drunkenness. This servant who knows, but yet it says in the Scriptures, but he did not prepare himself. There was no preparation made. Uh, there was no prayer that was made. There was no plea to a holy God for forgiveness of sins. There was no girding of the belt. There was no light to even shine in his soul. 
This servant who knew everything that you know, who's heard everything that you and I have heard, but yet this servant, this servant has with own, his, within him own self has said, I do not want that. I reject that. I want no part of your will, God. I want to do my own thing. And then the Bible says this of that servant. He says he will be cut in sunder. What does that mean? It means to be cut off from God's presence. Matthew 24, 51 says, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This unfruitful, unfaithful servant that Jesus is teaching us about, this is a servant who is not genuine. This is a servant who is nothing but a hypocrite. Please hear the Word of God gladly today. Please hear the Word of God. And on the day of judgment, that servant who knew his Father's will, who knew what he should do, but yet he rejected it and do not do, did not do it, the judgment, hear me, hear the Word of God. The judgment on that individual is going to be very severe. Very severe. Have you ever said this before? How can those people keep doing what they're doing to other people and get away with it? How can that person do to me what they've done to me and get away with it? How can those people that you see and hear and know, how can they keep doing those things and they're getting away with it? They're not going to get away with anything, church. There is coming a day of judgment. And how many of you know that God is faithful and God is true and God is just? And God is love, but God is righteous. And his judgment is going to be severe on this world. Please hear that. If you've asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, say amen. amen. If you're here today and you never have, you've heard the same truth this morning that every one of these people that just said amen has heard. And you will be accountable for what you know. You will be. You will be accountable for what you know. Don't ever, 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 you'll never be able to leave out of, out of your day again and say, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. It's not about your will. It's not about my will. It's not about your desires or your desires or your desires or your desires or my desires. It's about what Jesus says. And it's about the Word of God. We can trick ourselves. We can convince ourselves. We can tell ourselves that everything we're doing is okay. But if this Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong, my friend. And for you and I to know the truth, but yet reject it in our lives, the judgment will be severe. And then he goes on and says, but that servant who did not know, but yet it says he committed things worthy of stripes. In other words, he sinned and come short of the glory of God too. That's what the Bible says. He will still be judged 
He still will be. But that judgment will not be as severe. But eternity will be the same. Eternity will be the same for the believer. Eternity will be the same for the unbeliever. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us today to receive your word. Help us, Lord, to understand the importance of this. As exciting it is, is, as exciting it is, that it is, that all the blessings that has come on us where much is given, much is required. But hear this and hear it, please. The context of these verses is this. What you have been preached, what you have been taught, and what you know, where much is given, much is required. And what has been committed to you will be asked the more. We are of no excuse. We have no excuses. Listen to me, church. We have zero excuses. There ain't no need to make any excuses why we are not doing what we're supposed to be doing because we all know better. And where much is given. Say it with me on the count of three. Where much is given, much is required. One, two, three. Where much is given, much is required.